Let's get the inside scoop from a good friend, Paul Gutierrez, ESPN, the Raiders insider. Paul, what's going on, my friend? What's going on, TZ? Thanks for having me. Man, glad to uh, connect with you again here. So, I don't know. I don't know how much uh, homework you've done, uh, how many people you've been talking (laughs) to, man. But uh, exciting time, anytime with the NFL draft. But I don't know. Do you get you know kind of sick and tired of of all of the mock drafts? Because seems like we go through probably thirty two hundred different renditions uh, the week before the draft. Isn't that about right? Yeah, and and it's it's one of those kind of love hate relationships where you know that uh, in in the end none of it really matters. It's a crapshoot in real life, anyways. Um, but in but also in real life, people love to hear about it and can never get enough of it. And you know, in the old days, you know, you and I are old enough to remember when people say, "Oh, you just wrote that to sell papers." Now you just wrote that to get clicks. <laughs> and that's what mock drafts do. Is we had our own with ESPN and NFL Nation. We're all thirty-two of us. We we got online and we had our own draft and we had a TV show last night and I can't even say spoiler because it's already out there. And you know, I, I stayed put at number seven. I tried to move up to number three, but uh, the guy I wanted was uh, was taken at number two. So I I stood pat and took who I took. Okay, all right. So let, let's hear the drum roll, please. Paul Gutierrez is coming <laughs> to the podium, ladies and gentlemen. There it is. All right. Here's Paul Gutierrez with the seventh pick. The Las Vegas Raiders select cornerback Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. So I took I took Gonzalez. Now, mind you, I tried to move up to three because I've been hearing whispers that C.J. Stroud might have fallen out of the top two. And I offered I I'd already had my conversations with my Cardinal counterpart. And uh, the the price was pretty steep, but I did offer this year's first, which is number seven, obviously, this year's second rounder, which is number thirty eight, and then next year's first. It's a it's a pretty hefty package to pay, but I do believe that the Raiders like C.J. Stroud that much. Um, instead, the Texans took him at number two, so I just fell back and sat. Um, and there was a guy that that uh, I think the Raiders are real, real. Not, I'm real interested in at, at in Tyree Wilson, yeah. which doesn't really set off many alarms in terms of wait a minute, a defensive end is already kind of a strength of the defense. But if there's one thing that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels have told us is that they're not afraid to make a quote-unquote strength even stronger by selecting their quote-unquote best player available, dot, 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 on their board. Not what everybody else says, but on their board. So I was ready to take Wilson, but uh, the Lions took it at number six. So then it was like, okay, well, they need a cornerback, two guys there. And, and I don't know if you could really go wrong with either taking Gonzalez or, uh, or Spoon. Uh, with a spoon, and, and uh, I, I just chose Gonzalez because of how much how much bigger he is, how much more fluid he is, and and for a, a little bit of older school Raider fans, he reminds me a lot of Nandi Asamoah too. Mm, okay, so I, I I blew my introduction with you. I, I'm sorry. I should have introduced you as General Manager Paul Gutierrez. <laughs> <laughs> I just play one on TV. <laughs> exactly. So let me ask you. So when you're going through these mock drafts and you're selecting, okay, is that okay? That's you. Your intellect is saying, okay, this is what they should do. Or are you kind of piecing together what you've been hearing maybe or trying to read in between the lines of the tea leaves from Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels of what they want to do when you're making that selection for the Raiders? Uh, short answer, yes. All of the above. Uh, it, it, it is. You're kind of you're, you're playing general manager for the team you cover, but it's also got to be an educated guess. Right. Otherwise, what's the point? Because if you just go – totally off the reservation and just pick somebody that, that I like, 
Yeah. Then, then what's the point of the exercise? Then it throws off the entire thing. Now, those are the instructions we're given at ESPN, NFL Nation, you know, to, to, to be the GM for your team using your own experience, uh, intel, what makes sense. And you do. You pay attention to every other mock draft that's out there. Now, having done all of that homework and done that, uh, <laughs> they probably trade up or they trade back out of seven. But that was the interesting thing was they actually allowed us to try to make trades and, um, because the guy I wanted was not there at three, I had to stand pat. Mm-hmm. And how do you do in, in fantasy football, Paul, with your drafting and your, your trading? Are you able to, to trade? Are you a good GM in fantasy football? Um, I, I'm going to kind of hear, I'm going to take a, I'm going to quote Nancy <laughs> Reagan. I just say no. I just say no when it comes to fantasy football because knowing my, my mentality, I would be so hooked and addicted to it. I wouldn't be able to do my real job. Uh, uh and we do have to do a fantasy comp uh, component in our job, uh-huh. but yeah, I just, I stay away from fantasy football on a personal level for just that reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got a family, man. Yep. I got, to, I got people I got to take care of and, and pay attention to. Exactly. All right. He is Paul Gutierrez at ESPN, the Raiders insider speaking of, of of the raiders and dave ziegler and we're talking about trying to you know read in between the lines it, correct me if i'm wrong here but it seems like they have done there he's done a very good job of keeping everything underneath the vest here have you what have you you know picked up uh from listening to press conferences and and comments that he's made well, when it comes to Dave, uh, you know, I, I sat down with him at the owners' meetings, and granted, you know, the, the landscape changes, if not by the week, if not by the day, by the hour, right? So, so they're, they're always trying to stay on top of things, anyways. But back at the owners' meetings at the end of of March, I had a one on one. I sat with him for about half an hour, and and the message he kept putting out there was that he used free agency to address specific needs. He's going to use the draft to select the best player available, dot, 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 again, on their board. Not what everybody else thinks, but what they think in their rankings. And then the ultimate tiebreaker is, well, what if you got two guys that, that you know, are, have similar ratings and, and one is, okay, well, we already are strong at defensive end, but we need a cornerback. Then the tiebreaker is going to be um, whatever the, the need is. But that my big takeaway from this whole thing with Dave and, and Josh, too, because, you know, when you're talking about Dave Ziegler and, and Josh McDaniels, it's McZigs, really. You know, it's one brain, right. even though one's the GM, one's the coach. Uh, it, it, it's just that, that they're going to use the draft to pick who in their mind is the best best player available. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be real interesting to see how this thing goes out. Because, as I said right at the top, we all know the NFL draft is a crapshoot. Yep. Uh, I mean, there's been surefire hits that have flamed out. There have been guys that were taken on day three that have become pro bowlers and uh, on the verge of becoming all pros. Hello, Max Crosby. So it, it's right where we are with this. I mean, my favorite draft story, Tom Flores, who's now in the Hall of Fame, justifiably so. He told me the story way back in 1982 when they're trend, you know, they're actually still the Oakland Raiders at this point. They haven't moved to LA. Al Davis is in court in Los Angeles trying to force, you know, trying to get the right to move. And the room was split when it came their time to pick. They needed a running back. They wanted a running back. Half the room wanted, uh, some guy from Richmond named Barry Redden. The other half wanted uh, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner named Marcus Allen. Uh, Tom Flores calls Al Davis while he's in court. He has to go outside and pick up on a on a payphone. Again, today's generation doesn't know what those are, and, but it was more than Superman's changing booth, right? So, and he said, "Is that who you guys want? Take him." So they drafted Marcus Allen, and it's just again, you never know because 
really Marcus was like the third or fourth guy on their board in terms of running backs. They also like Gerald Riggs and, and uh, uh, gosh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Darren, the Vikings selected him. He's from Stanford. Oh, so, Darren um, Nelson. It, it's, Darren Nelson. Darren Nelson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they wanted one of those two guys first. Yeah. But so it, it's real interesting. And, you know, you can, you can write books about what actually happens in the draft rooms. You know, I really do like the approach of, you know, the best player available type of thing. And even maybe again, you, you, know, you, you find room to, to make it work if, it, if the defensive end is the best player. And then you, like you said, yeah. you've got the, the motive with a, a lot of GMs that like, okay, you're drafting for position. I don't know about you, Paul, but, you know, and I, I respect that you, you know, want to go with Gonzalez or whatever. But when you look at Witherspoon and Gonzalez from the cornerback position, yeah. I mean, are these guys really game changers? Cause, you know, you talk to a lot of people and I kind of feel this way myself too. The number seven, I mean, that might be a little bit of a reach to for a cornerback, unless you're talking about like a Charles Woodson type of guy. I don't see either one of those guys being that, especially when you need, uh, you know, so, some real serious help on the offensive line and maybe, uh, you know, the defensive line as well, too. Or maybe there is a game changer, the wide receiver tight end or something like that. So talk a little bit about, you know, these cornerbacks and, in. You know, again, I know it's a crapshoot, but yeah. should this, should this, is, is this a, a, we know it's a need for, for the Raiders, but do you go there at seven with either one of these guys? Well, if you got somebody that wants to move up, then it's a perfect opportunity to trade back. And that's something that Dave Ziegler told me too at the NFL owners meetings was that it, they really liked their position at seven. And again, if they didn't like it, I don't know if they would admit it, <laughs> but he liked it because at seven, you've got, you've got just enough resources to move up if you want. Yeah. Plus you got 12 picks already. Uh, and at seven, if you really don't have somebody you love, you can move back if somebody wants to jump up there too. Nobody approached me for a trade proposal there. Otherwise, I may have listened to them and taken it. Um, are these guys game changers? I don't know. But if they are the best player available and they're fine taking them and then trading back up into the later in the first round to get, oh, I don't know, Hendon Hooker uh, uh, as a developmental quarterback, I could see that happening too. Um, what, what I like about Gonzalez is just the, the, the total package. I mean, just so big, so strong, so fast. Um, you know, and like I said, watching him with the body frame and everything, he reminds me of a Namdi Asamoah. And that's a, that's a pretty tall order to fill. Witherspoon is just compact. He's fast. He, he's not afraid to stick his, his face in there. And, and, you know, and that's the thing. If you get these guys that are shut down corners, you're not just addressing that position specifically, you know, if, if they are a quote unquote game changer, then they're also affecting and making the defensive line better because if the, the longer they can cover somebody, that's going to give those edge rushers more time to get to the quarterback and vice versa. Yep. So that's why I thought it was interesting that if either of those two defensive ends were still there at seven, you draft those, those monsters that are affecting the quarterback, that helps your cornerbacks that you already have on the roster that they did address in free agency. I'm not saying they're all world beaters or game changers or anything, but if you're looking at it from the mentality of what Ziggler and McDaniels are trying to do, they've been given the keys to the Silver and Black Castle by Mark Davis. Do your thing. Do what you got to do. They've, they've got all the job security in the world for now. And impart your vision and make it happen. So that's kind of the mentality I took into it based on uh, intel, reconnaissance, talking to people, things like that. And I know the, the initial question was, are either of these guys game changers? I'm not, I, I don't know. We don't know who's a game changer, right, until they get in the field and they play a game. But they are the two best cornerbacks in this class. If we're going by college, uh, definitely a game changer is Jalen Carter. Under a lot of scrutiny, we know they had a visit here in Las Vegas you know, with yeah. the Raiders. I mean, how, 
how much is he being considered, do you think, by Dave Ziegler if he does drop to seven? And then part two of the question is the one that everyone's asking, you know, you, you, you factor in the character and do you think that the Raiders are okay with his character? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. And I will tell you this, that I, I don't know how comfortable uh, uh, even above Ziegler and McDaniels are with this, especially from the PR standpoint, when it, when it comes to the Henry Rugg situation. And I'm not trying to minimize that or, or villainize anybody else in this, but it's just so raw and so recent to go ahead and do something like that again regarding these things. And I know they're two different situations, but it's just really hard. Beyond that, the Seattle Seahawks probably take that problem off of the Raiders' hands right, anyways right. and take in advice. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened in our draft. I was wondering, too, about that if it comes to me. And, again, uh, who cares who I pick in a mock draft? But you have to think about these things. And, I, I, again, based on my conversations, my intel, I just don't know that he's on the board. Yes, they brought him in. Yes, they did their due diligence. But it just, to me, seems that it's it's too hot of a situation um, if he's there. Even if he is kind of a Warren Sapp game changer, um, you know, and, and again, he's, maybe he's not there. Which I say all that just to say, well, maybe he falls them or they trade up and pick him. Who knows? Again, the draft is so unusual. And, and again, when you know, there's a lot of players here. But in our own mock draft, we had Bryce Young went one, Stroud went two, Will Anderson went three, uh, Richardson, the quarterback, went four, Carter went five, and Tyree Wilson went six. So that I was left with the best player available remaining at the best position of need, and I went with Gonzalez ahead of. Uh, ahead of Witherspoon, who went next to the Falcons in our mock draft. Speaking of quarterbacks, we've seen teams, and it just seems like this is a popular trend over the last, I don't know, four, five, six years, that we've seen teams overreach, you know, for these quarterbacks. And I'm looking at this class, Paul, and I'm not, I I love Bryce Young, but after that, okay, C.J. Stroud, I understand that. But when you get to, to Anthony Richardson and Levis, I'm just, I watched a lot of college football and I wasn't overly impressed with either one of these guys. And sure, yeah, Levis can throw the ball 70 yards. I don't know, man. And I still go back to Trey Lance, you know, for the 49ers. And then, and then again, you know, with Darnold and then Zach Wilson in the last few years. I, I just don't know. Are the Raiders really considering? Then you talk about Hinden Hooker, who's coming off that major injury. And then I go back to Hinden Hooker. Yeah. I was never really overly impressed with what he did at Virginia Tech. Great year until he got injured at Tennessee. I get that. Back to the crapshoot, though. But you got Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. You say you're happy with yeah. that. It makes all the sense in the world. I don't see Jimmy Garoppolo being a, a one or just even a two-year guy with the Raiders. Do they really consider one of these other quarterbacks? Unless, uh, again, what my understanding and talking to people even at ESPN, unless the name is, is uh, Young or Stroud, I, I think they're out on it. And then they'll, they'll, they'll go ahead and they'll take a developmental guy later on in the second or third round. And and again, I go back to the conversation I had with Dave Ziegler when I asked him, what does the addition of Jimmy Garoppolo to this roster do to your mentality when it comes to drafting a quarterback? And he said it gives them basically the luxury of knowing that they have him there, that they don't have to reach on a quarterback. You know, they're not panicking. If the top two guys that they're in love with are not there, they're not like, oh, we need to take a quarterback. Oh, let's take Levis. No, they don't have to do that if they're not necessarily in love with them. Then they can, go, they can uh, you know, rehuddle up and, and figure it out and then take somebody else, whether it's Hayner from Fresno State, the kid from Stanford, Hendon Hooker, because you don't need somebody that's a starter from day one. Now, if the two guys they're in love with are there, that's, that's a quote-unquote game changer in terms of the mentality. 
But I, again, it's, you say all this with uh, educated guesses and, and <laughs> we'll figure it all out when they actually make the pick. But yeah, that number two pick is the, is kind of like ground zero for what's going to go on tomorrow because if Houston does not take either Young or Stroud, then it's game on and we'll figure out exactly what happens. Great question on your part to, to Dave Ziegler regarding that Jimmy Garoppolo. That is a great question. I would yeah. ask him the exact same thing. And then, yeah, it's and I, I get that. All right, man, here we go. Okay. Uh, you're the Carolina Panthers. You're on the clock. Uh, GM Paul Gutierrez and he was trying to, oh, there you go. Sorry. Uh, I'm going Bryce Young. Bryce Young's number one. There is. I, I agree with you on that. Now, how do you rank the other quarterbacks behind uh, Bryce Young? Give us your order. You know, for me, I, I think Stroud is more polished. But if you've already, and again, here's the thing that's intriguing to me, and that I haven't heard this coming out of Raiders camp, is that I really like Richardson just for the pure. You know, he's polarizing, yes, but in a different way than Derek Carr was polarizing, right? I mean, he's polarizing <laughs> yeah. because of the the prospect he is, yeah. and you can he can sit there. And again, that's what Jimmy Garoppolo gives you. Um, he gives you that, that time to just sit and learn and marinate and figure it out at this level. Um, he's the guy that I'm most intrigued by, actually, in this draft. I know that's not the question you asked, but I'm most intrigued with him. I do like that Levis can throw the ball 70 yards, but then again, so could Jamarcus. And I know that's a, <laughs> right. that's a name he who shall not be named by the Raider, the Raider fans on draft day, but it, it, it's kind of that order. And, and I do like Hendon Hooker simply, and only because I know that the Raiders have been interested in him since the beginning of last year, and they went and saw him a couple of times mm-hmm. uh, before he got injured. So, yeah, it, it, to me, it, it, it's Young, Stroud, Richardson, Levis in that order. And where do you think the Raiders go uh, in that second round? And what would be the next you know position of need, in your opinion? It depends upon who's there, really, yeah. and, and who is on their board as the BPA, right? Uh, they need a tight end. The tight end class, the tight end class is is, is uh, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they could stand to get another offensive lineman who's got versatility to him, and, and there's a couple of guys. Karonsky is going to be gone, um, but you know they they want a, a lineman that can play both tackle and guard. And, and here's the other thing about it, TC is. The fact that they basically re-signed their entire offensive line from last year True. to come back, yeah, and right. that that to me that's when I went, huh? Okay, well then I don't really necessarily need to study up on an offensive tackle at number seven, right? Because they brought everybody back, plus Brandon, who who didn't play at all last year, but was the starter going into the season. So uh, before he got injured in the Hall of Fame game, it's, yep. it's it's real intriguing to me to see where they go. I do think. Unless one of those quarterbacks are, I think they go defense, then they go offense, and then the rest is just a lot of defensive players down the stretch. And I do think they make a lot of trades. I don't think they make 12 picks. I think it's probably closer to like 8 or 9, maybe 10 picks. Yeah, yeah. All right, he is Paul Gutierrez, ESPN Raiders insider. Uh, you can uh, view uh, his uh, selection, like I said, the ESPN NFL Nation uh, covering uh, the NFL draft. Uh, you know, great stuff uh, there, my friend. Have you been watching any of the NBA playoffs? I have. Um, quick you know, thoughts. It's interesting, you know. Cause I, yeah, quick thoughts. Um, I think the Warriors are going to escape the Sacramento Kings, and yet uh, there's a part of me that's kind of rooting for the Kings because they hadn't been in the playoffs for so long. I'll just leave it at that. Right. <laughs> Looking forward to Game Five tonight. That will be uh, fantastic. Yeah. My friend, we'll let you go. Really appreciate the time. Uh, great stuff as always. Uh, great coverage, and uh, looking forward to to seeing you around the facility very, very soon. And uh, we look forward to uh, this season, see what Jimmy Garoppolo brings and, and hopefully the new and improved Raiders. And, and we'll see how the draft goes after this weekend. 
Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Take care, brother. There he is. Paul Gutierrez does a fantastic job, of course, as the Raiders insider uh, with ESPN.